This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome back, sci-fi fans, to the Science Fictionary Podcast, presented by thesciencefictionary.com. I'm Andrew. I'm here today with Marisha. Hey. David. Hello. And Robbie. Hey, how's it going? And Robbie's actually joining us. It's not the first time he's been on the show, but it's the first time he's been here for the actual recording session. He, he right. did do an add-on session for yeah. an episode back, either during the Pillars of Sci-Fi or the Pillars of Fantasy. I'm forgetting which one. But hopefully we'll uh, have Robbie on here more often and maybe can even do some, you know, Robbie and David might be able to talk a little Dungeons and Dragons and what's going on in the world of oh, RPGs yeah. and tabletop gaming and such. Yeah. That'd be awesome. But New stuff coming out from Wizards of the Coast all the time, so. Yeah. All right. So this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about our poll from last week we were doing our started our mount rushmore series where we're choosing topics of movies or characters or, or different things and and trying to choose the the four biggest the four that are the first four you think about when you think about those subjects and last week we started off with superheroes where we pretty quickly all agreed to put superman batman and spider-man on the mountain and we never could quite come to terms on a fourth entry. And so we did put up our poll and asked you to help us decide on the fourth member. And I'm sure y'all have already seen it. Everybody's already seen who won. But Wonder Woman actually won it pretty handily. Um, <laughs> Wonder Woman with 41.7% of the vote. Captain America in second with 313 and. Wolverine at 27.1. They were all neck and neck for a long time. Like, they were all right there, especially Captain America and Wolverine went back and forth several times on which one was just a little bit ahead. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all, I mean, like I said, you know, it, it wouldn't take a lot to shift any of them to the top. Mm -hmm. So, we were, they were still pretty close, but we're rounding out our Mount Rushmore of superheroes with Wonder Woman. Naturally, so, the only reasonable, the only reasonable, uh, <laughs> no, no, um, I, every, no, I think everybody made really good cases for their, uh, their, their particular, um, yeah, submission um, there. I'll, I was very proud of my argument, but I'll accept Wonder Woman. I would have accepted Captain America also. I'm a little disappointed that I came in at, Dead last. <laughs> I thought maybe I'd have Cat Beat. Um, if it hadn't been I for mean, the MCU, you'd have Cat Beat. But I think right. a lot of people who just kind of happen across polls, mm -hmm. you know, it's been a little while yeah. since. And the last couple of Wolverine movies were not stellar. Well, no, the last one was Logan. amazing. Oh, you're right. You're right. Logan was amazing. But the one before the two before that, 
The Wolverine prequel Origins. movies? Origins? Yeah, Wolverine, Wolverine Origins Wolverine. was really, really bad. I liked the Wolverine, but it wasn't special. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, you're right. The X-Men movies, they, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're nothing compared to the MCU. Well, you, you know, with, a great point. with Cap, you have the Winter Soldier and Civil War, which he is the lead in both of those, mm-hmm. even though one of them is really more of a team up. But it, it's Endgame is pretty much his movie. Right. Yeah. And that's the biggest movie of all time. So, so I, I think that's really what kind of uh, bumped the conversation is so much, you know, there's been so much happening around Captain America. And I think mm-hmm. now that Fox has acquired Wolverine, we're going to see a lot more, uh, X-Men rather, yeah. we're going to see a lot more happening with Wolverine. Mm-hmm. But You made a good point about why my arguments, prop, why I came in last. And I understand it. And I can jokingly be mad. I'm not mad at all. I'm perfectly <laughs> happy with Wonder Woman and the Ant. I mean, that's. I, I I will concede and say Wonder Woman is the correct answer. Um, my Wolverine points, you pointed out, Marisha, that pretty much all of my arguments revolved around the comic books themselves. Mm-hmm. Because I have a comic book mind, I'm thinking right. comic book-wise. And, and I will still argue that when it comes, if we're talking like just comic books, if we pretend the movies don't exist, uh-huh. Wolverine's on the mountain. Um, that's that's That would still be my argument. Because I pointed out that like, Name the most iconic Wonder Woman story, the most iconic Captain America story. Um, it, it's difficult, but then X-Men have been a part of the most essential Marvel comics of the past 50 years. Yeah. Um, and, and so when I had that in mind, that's why I had X-Men up there. Well, that's why I had Wolverine up there as the face of the X-Men. But when it comes to just being iconic, like the Wonder Woman, and also I think that there should be a... Um, uh, not to get all feminist on you, but I think there should be a a woman on a woman superhero on the Mount Rushmore. I think it kind of I think it would feel incomplete without Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think any of them would have been a good call, but obviously mm-hmm. my my submission won, so right. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as far as the the whole thing with the movies having elevated these characters, I mean. Before the MCU began, you would have never considered Iron Man, but we all had to heavily consider Iron Man in our uh-huh. argument, yeah, because of the impact of the of the MCU, and you know the beauty of the MCU is they took a B list character in Iron Man, and took a character who people considered widely considered to be outdated and irrelevant in Captain America. Mm-hmm. And made them the two biggest mm-hmm. things on you know on the screen on the big screen right now. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I always said if Marvel had Spider Man when they started the MCU, we would not have the MCU huh. uh, because they would have just made a Spider Man movie and it would not have turned out the same at all. That's an that's an excellent point because well, and we've kind of talked about how. Um, you know, adversity kind of, you know, things not going the way you want them to forces people to be more creative, forces people to make creative um, decisions. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that that's true. So, hooray for Marvel not having Spider-Man for the beginning, <laughs> maybe? I, I, yeah, I guess so, yeah. All right, well, I figured it was only fitting to follow up the superhero conversation with either supervillains or sidekicks and we opted tonight to go with with villains so you know we talked a lot about villains last week actually because that Mm -hmm. was part of what 
put some of these characters up here was because their rogues gallery is so great. Yeah. So tonight we wanted to talk about the Mount Rushmore of supervillains. Robbie, you 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 got a list of supervillains there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a boring list. Um, I feel like it's people you'd expect and everything. Well, I, I mean, I feel like kind of, I'm not always trying to subvert expectations or anything. <laughs> right. like it, it is the Mount Rushmore. Um, and then I also accidentally added in like three non super villains, just regular villains. Uh, so we should definitely do regular villains. At oh yeah. Point. We definitely have to um, do that one because I had some really good ones that, uh, I wanted to throw in there as well. And I think I kind of wanted to start this series off with doing some topics that are mostly going to be pretty predictable, <clears throat> but as we continue to expand this topic, they're going to get a little bit more unpredictable as mm -hmm. we go. Like if you just throw it out there and go Mount Rushmore of villains, right. You know, across Any comics, villains, movies, yeah. TV, you know, whatever. Yeah. Then the conversation changes because everybody's going to approach it differently. Right. Yeah. Well, the good thing about comic books and, and in general is that, uh, everybody always agrees on everything. So it shouldn't oh, really <laughs> naturally. There's never any debate. Yeah, I think that was maybe one of my favorite episodes of the Big Bang Theory is whenever they're like, we're going to, you know, the guys were going, they're like, we're going to read all these comic books and figure out what the deal is. And so then they, they get into an argument or they go in the comic book store and they're like, hey, Stuart, who's the best comic book hero? He's like, Shh, you can't ask questions like that in here, you know, and they all, they start reading uh, a Superman comic and then they're all arguing about the logic behind it, you know, and so, yeah. All right. So, Robbie, since you're uh, your first time here on the show with us, I'll let you throw the first name out there. Um, I feel like I have to go with um, Magneto. Mm. I mean, yeah, that was on my list. Just, yes. I mean, yeah, and just like I mean that that um, especially if this was, I mean, imagine if this was done just like three years ago, um, or you know, five, ten years ago, we like Magneto would be probably number one really high up for everybody just because that movie franchise just for a while there was killing it. I mean, how many times did we see um, the first X-Men that came out in theaters mm -hmm. like back when I was in high school? I think I think I, I remember seeing it like I finally fell asleep the fourth time we watched it in theaters. Um, so just like X-Men has such a huge impact on the comic book and superhero supervillain world that I feel like Magneto just has to be there. Yeah, and he, he's such a, I mean, certainly, I would say that of of pretty much any of the names that I expect to come up tonight, he's certainly the most complicated. Mm-hmm. Because he's yeah. the easiest to see, or maybe the hardest sometimes to see as the villain. Right. But he wants to I, kill everyone. <laughs> but, well, but, but he's he's fallen down. He's actually fairly similar to, like, it's Anakin Skywalker. It, yeah. It's, he... What he's doing is trying to protect the people that he cares about, mm -hmm. but he's willing to do anything right. to do that. And then at times becomes a little more twisted. And then you start looking at it and going, well, yeah, that's what he wants, but he also wants to be in power. Yeah. And so, but, but it, but you can relate to the fact that he's, that it, at least in the beginning, it's really about, with his background trying to protect this group mm -hmm. of which he's a part from everybody else. Right. Yeah. Um, Magneto was the one that I was actually 
excited to talk about because I felt that he was. It's funny, Robbie. You, to, to, I feel like from the way you're you're talking, he's kind of an obvious answer. For some reason, in my mind, he was like he's probably the, he's the least obvious answer that's on my list. I think, hmm. um, but I but he's easily my favorite villain of any comic book hero. He's the perfect X Men antagonist, and you're right, it's complicated, really difficult sometimes to root against him um especially in certain stories i mean he's had he's been a hero many mm, times right. um as well uh and a, you know he's a holocaust survivor which is super interesting um what he goes through there so it's like it's it's such a smartly created character if that makes sense like it's it's, it's a genius character mm-hmm. that was created um the perfect villain to the x-men someone that you can really understand and super, super fun to read about, and the and you're right. The movies have been amazing. Both yes. Ian McKellen and Michael Fassbender's performances mm-hmm. as Magneto are stellar. I love them so much. Uh, I I am really saddened by the idea that we're probably not going to see Michael Fassbender's Magneto ever again. Um, but I think he got a pretty good send off in there, which actually kind of being the hero, but. Um, in the end, sort of having that face turn. But I thought of something really interesting because you brought up that Magneto can often be seen as like the hero, like it's hard to root against them. And there's this really, um, this is actually like one of the first ever Marvel crossover events in comics. Um, so it shows you how long they've been having this like mindset of Magneto's not really a villain, um, which is. Now that I say that, it's kind of hard to put on the tears of pillars of villainy. He is a villain, but mm-hmm. he's really complex. Yeah. Um, it was the story of a secret wars. It's the story where the Beyonder takes the heroes and the mm-hmm. villains and he puts them on Battle World and makes them fight. Right. Magneto gets put on the hero team. Hmm. And the heroes are like, hey, what the heck? And the Beyonder's like, in the Beyonder's eyes, in his like godlike alien brain, he doesn't see the difference between Professor X and Magneto. Interesting. He, he didn't understand that Magneto was supposed to be a villain. In his mind, Magneto was a hero just like Professor X. And he put Magneto on the hero's team. Hmm. So they've been going with that idea of his character since the very first Marvel crossover event. Um, so he's my favorite character. And then we keep talking about, like, oh, he's so complex as a hero. As a villain, he's freaking ruthless. Mm-hmm. Um, he does some messed up stuff. I mean, even the movies <laughs> right. you see, like, putting metal coins through head. Oh, that's another thing. Super cool power. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest power in all of comic books. He yeah. can control magnetic fields, and so he controls metal. Freaking awesome. That's so cool. I think the moment... There's so much you can do with that. Uh, I don't remember. There was somebody, and he uh, he pulled all the metal out of their, you know, all the trace metals out of their body. <laughs> Wolverine. He pulled Wolverine's animantium out of him. Yeah, it's oh, like, that was fatal. Attraction. Well, he also had the guy that he when he's in the the glass prison in yes. the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, oh, you're talking about the, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he he uh, absorbs the iron out of the guy's body. Yeah, it was Jesus. like, and then he oh. used it to make like a like bullets. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, that's really. So I mean, really that's the thing. Up. It's like you look at it and you go, man, it's really hard. like like you're talking about the story with the with the Beyonder. It's like you know, what is the difference between him and and Xavier? And it's that ruthlessness. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's that one of my favorite will things. not flinch at the idea of killing somebody to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also just want to say one more thing about Magneto, about his powers that are so cool. And this is actually pretty insane. And it's from a really, really crappy storyline called <laughs> Ultimatum. But in the Ultimate Universe, Magneto becomes so powerful that he uses his powers to control the tectonic plates of the Earth. And just, like, absolutely destroy the world by, like, causing earthquakes everywhere and volcanoes and, like, flood. Like, just insane. Like, that is godlike. Once you get to that point where you can control the tectonic plates, mm-hmm. you're a god. Yeah. That is that is a god ability to do that. Um. So, yeah. Magneto's freaking awesome. My favorite villain. Yeah. In all absolutely. Of Marvel, at least Marvel. Yeah. No, that's a great entry, Robbie. And uh, did you have any more? The MCU. Did you have any more thoughts on Magneto before we move on from there? No, I mean, that, that was really it. I think that covers the bulk of it. I mean, and realistically, I mean, throughout my life, um, if if you're in the mainstream and you're not digging into comics and you're not in the stores and seeing what's coming out, really looking back, X-Men has been the staple. I mean, the cartoon when I was a kid was yep. there, and that was huge. That thing holds up. It's still awesome. I, I would suggest anybody revisit it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, when I was in high school, suddenly the movies start coming out, and they're amazing, and the movies continue. And, I mean, it kind of feels like maybe it's fizzled now, but they had, I mean, 15, 16-year run. And, I, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, obviously, X-Men's such a huge franchise. It won't be the the last we see of huge X-Men excitement. So I think for me, Magneto, not just because he is this complex, you know, villain that is sometimes you find yourself rooting for, but also just as representation for X-Men being Mm -hmm. that huge staple in the uh, superhero, supervillain culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's such, he's just such a, a good one. And like you said, he's one that you don't necessarily have to, read half the comic books that come out in a year to know Magneto. You know, he's a really, he's kind of another character that has sort of become part of the, the cultural kind of lexicon. Yeah. All right. So Marisha, who do you have on your list? All right. Well, I had, I have Magneto on the list, so I guess we can all agree. Um, It sounds like all four of us had Magneto on our list. So, Mm -hmm. The second one that I have is the Joker. Because, I mean, like, as far as supervillains, you know, as, as comic book villains, I mean, he's kind of like the character that I think about when I think comic book villains. You know, there's been so many um, iconic iterations um, of the Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been so many iconic versions of the Joker just in movies. Right. And so, and that's not even in cartoons and the old Batman TV series, comic books, you know, mm-hmm. some of the, the best things that we've seen in comic, I and mean, we've seen some impressive stuff in comic book movies, but I mean, we have seen some absolutely off the charts, amazing Joker, um, Iterations. I'm sorry. Yeah, I no, I mean, he, he, the Joker is just an absolutely, he, he's the quintessential comic book villain. Mm-hmm. He's over uh, the top. He's weird. He's, 
Right. And he, he's, like you said, they've done so many amazing versions of it. You know, it's it's uh, Mark Hamill, just the, the voice uh, of the Joker that Mark Hamill created mm-hmm. is, I mean, everybody knows that. <laughs> everybody knows that voice. Yeah. Brings a smile to my face. <laughs> Even um, thinking about it. But you're taking a guy, you're taking, a, pulling a character, pulling a villain who's part of, you know, we talked about it last week. Batman has the best rogues gallery yeah. in comics. I mean, that's that's pretty much universal. You won't find very many people that will disagree. And the only thing that comes close is Spider-Man, really. Mm-hmm. And you're really, at least in my opinion, taking the the best of the best rogues gallery Mm-hmm. In the Joker, and I, I, yeah, I don't think you can make this list without the Joker. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Uh, that was definitely on my list as well, and it, it really, for me, it sticks out because the Joker has so many iterations that are iconic as standalone, mm-hmm. um, you know, creations. The Mark Hamill Joker, Heath Ledger, obviously. I mean, just the standalone Joker movie inspired by the Joker. It's it's all. It's 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 a it's a life of its own. I mean, it, it's it's the Joker is its own character at this point, and such a recognizable character, you know, in our current culture. And even, I mean, I mean, like I said, it's another one from my childhood. You know, the the Mark Hamill Joker. I mean, that was such an iconic thing. So it, it, yeah, it's definitely hard to make the list without you know probably one of the most recognizable villains of all time, or at least in uh, you know our time. Right. Yeah, the Joker is is another name like everybody knows. Um, he was the for me he was the first one that came to mind. Like Joker, of course, obviously, mm-hmm. and it's an obvious answer, but it's one that's got to be there. What a beautiful looking Mount Rushmore this would be with Joker's face <laughs> plastered on there. Um, yeah, every single iteration of the Joker is iconic in its own way, and that's another really interesting thing about the Joker is there are so many different ways you can do it but all of it is the joker the joker is almost especially with the joaquin phoenix movie the joker is more of an idea than a character at this point Mm -hmm. he kind of represents something um now with most because there's so many different interpretations and sometimes it's um sometimes it's jack napier um uh, it, and that was like, you know, Jack Nicholson, that's where that started. And then that got carried over like into the animated series. But then like you have the comic books where, I mean, I think maybe they brought in that his name was Jack Napier, but like there's many, many interpretations and stories where you have no idea what the Joker's real name is. You know, you know nothing about him. Mm-hmm. Um, in his official origin, like his quote unquote official, like in the pretty much the definitive one. It was he was a comedian whose like family was murdered and he went crazy. One bad day caused him to do that, right? But like then you have Joaquin Phoenix interpretation, which is nothing like that. I mean he was a comedian, sure, but like that's the only similar similarity, but you put on the clown makeup and you start killing people and you sort of embody this idea of the Joker, and that's still the Joker. Mm-hmm. That's still Joker. Um, so the Joker's a really, really interesting one. Um, and yeah, the perfect villain, the Batman. Um, and probably the most iconic villain. And it's the one that everybody knows. Um, if you know Batman, you know the Joker. 
Mm-hmm. And everybody knows Batman. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you have to have you have to have a colorful foil to that that black brooding figure. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Like just the colors. That's a that's a it's a beautiful. It's weird to call them beautiful, but the design of the Joker is so like beautiful and perfect in a way. Of you have like the dark like dark colors. And then you have the bright purple and green and white face paint mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. Like, Or maybe his skin's dyed white, whichever book you're reading at the time. Um, one of the best, but one of the things that makes a great villain is uh, the protagonist that he is the antagonist to. And there is no better villain and hero pairing than Batman and the Joker. In fact, I'm pretty sure that was the premise of the Lego Batman, right? Was Joker going all crazy because he was afraid that somebody might be the foil to Batman other than him. It's <laughs> funny, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, that's another another great entry. David, who do you have with those two off the table? Those two off of the table. Two, there's a couple left, and I'm having difficulty because there's two slots left. But I have three that I really want to name. Even though Joker may need a war on my list. I had one that was an alternate. But I think I'll talk about him later. Um, I'm flip-flopping a lot on this. But I'm going to go with the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I would assume is probably on y'all's list as well. Spider-Man's main villain. And, you know, Spider-Man's actually had many villains over the years. And, in fact, in the comic books, I don't think the Green Goblin official, like, the Green Goblin, Harry, Oz- not Harry, uh, Norman Osborn has been around for a long time. That status quo has been dead since the nineties, basically like the, the, the Spider-Man, um, well, I said spider quo. Yeah. The <laughs> spider quo is just, um, not what you would actually imagine when you think Spider-Man, but still that's actually a, a, I think that's actually a plus to the green goblin that he hasn't been the main Spider-Man villain Norman Osborn has not been alive for like decades at this point, but he's still one of the most iconic villains ever. And still the villain you think about when you think of, um, of Spider-Man yeah. decades is exaggerated. He hasn't been alive for a very long time. Definitely not as the green goblin. Well, he was dead, but then he was back, but then he was dead again, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's complicated. Uh, Norman Osborn, it's complicated, and actually, Norman Osborn is one of those characters who kind of transcended just being a Spider-Man villain and is kind of a Marvel villain now. Magneto did kind of the same thing, um, where you know he became like leader of Shield at one point and was an evil Shield and did stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the Green Goblin, um, he is. Spider-Man's he is the Spider-Man villain and we put Spider-Man on the list uh, so he's like the perfect inta- of, of the list of the, of the heroes he's the perfect antagonist to that mm-hmm. um, another great design just like we're talking about with the Joker just like this evil goblin it's kind of weird when you think about it like Spider-Man and then he's a goblin I get like because I guess spiders have no natural predators. So <laughs> Stan was like I guess I'll make up a guy and he's a goblin man but do goblins throw pumpkins they do they do now whatever i don't care that's that's just a testament to how great of a villain he is that it doesn't make any freaking sense when you think about it but he's still the most iconic villain like 
um, the drawing and everything. Um, I don't like the suit in the Sam Raimi movies, but uh, William Defoe's performance so, of the Goblin is yes. excellent. Um, let's not talk about the Amazing Spider-Man two. Um, I really can't wait for him to show back up in the MCU, and you know it's one of these days. They're gonna, it's it's got to be in Spider-Man three. There's got to at least be like a oh man, there's this billionaire named Norman Osborn, blah blah blah. You know, it's got to be right. something like that, right? Um, yeah. And also, here's the here's the big thing about the Green Goblin, and the reason that he 100% belongs on this list. He committed what is probably the most iconic heinous act in comic books, and that is killing Gwen Stacy. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, aesthetically, Spider-Man's webs, broken neck, whatever. He threw her off a bridge, okay? <laughs> Green Goblin killed Gwen Stacy. Um, still one of the most iconic moments in comic book history and superhero history. It is the iconic Spider-Man moment, the defining Spider-Man moment. It's second only to Uncle Ben's death. Yeah. Um, that was crazy. Like, that's a big deal. Back, People didn't die in comic books. Um, right back then that didn't happen and if they did they just came back to life next week gwen stacy has never come back to life except as a clone and which sucked and then as i mean y'all know about the clone saga at least you've heard of the horrible saga of that and then um alternate universe then came back alternate universe right exactly yeah he's been dead for years and he was his he was she was peter's girlfriend yeah. Not like a, she was a main character. She was Peter's girlfriend and Green Goblin killed her and she died. Holy freaking crap. Like that blew people's minds at the time. Um, and it's defined Spider-Man ever since. The most iconic superhero, mm-hmm. arguably, um, maybe only behind Batman or Superman. And that's his like one of his most defining moments. And it was committed by the father of his best friend which is another really cool dynamic right Mm -hmm. and so the green goblin he he is uh one of the most iconic villains ever if if not just for that one thing absolutely yeah i think he was he was on my list because yeah he's if you're just sitting here thinking like okay let's think about super super villains then uh He's one of the first, on the, and like you said, William Defoe, such an amazing um, performance. He did such a great job, kind of introducing that character to uh, those of us who may not have read comic books when we were kids. Um, so yeah, and I'm I'm with you on the Amazing Spider-Man two version of the Green Goblin, <laughs> less compelling, significantly less compelling. <laughs> That's a really, really kind way of putting it. <laughs> well, you know, you know me. I always got to be nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, he says. <laughs> <laughs> you're nice. You're nice. So, is it on your list, Robbie? Um, Green Goblin is not on my list, but that is uh, absolutely Ooh. solid. Yeah, it was a great Ooh. entry. He was kind of like, I guess he would have been probably my sixth. So he wasn't yeah. in my top four. Oh, okay, that's interesting. That's one that I assumed that would be. So it's really interesting where our heads are at. But I guess like that is like, I mean, I know like I ramble on about it, but it's because I just <laughs> I'm I've read I I know the comic books. So that's just my comic book mind. Like that's that's where most of my thoughts instantly go to. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, well, you've got you've got a lot more 
depth to your comic book knowledge than the rest of us. It's true. Right. Well, I think this makes it interesting that, like, because of that, Green Goblin was like, like that, right? Naturally, um, automatically. And I just kind of assumed y'all would too, but now that I think about it, I'm really now I'm really fascinated to know what y'all's are. So, all right. Well, we'll talk honorable mentions in a minute, but here's what I've got. I took a risk in going last. Uh huh. So what I'm gonna do is I've got two that honestly, if they're my last two. They're the last two left on my list. Mm -hmm. And I'm really waffling back and forth between them. So mm -hmm. I'm going to present them both. Okay. And let the group help decide which one of them belongs on the mountain. And if the group can't agree, then we can always... If the group can't agree, we'll go to the Twitter poll again. Twitter. But I, I think we'll be able to figure it out. Um, so the two that I've got that I had on my list were Dr. Doom... And Lex Luthor. Uh, I didn't think about Doom. Um, Doom God. is one who has, you know, of course, started off as a uh, Fantastic Four villain, but has really become so much more than that in, in Marvel, uh, where he has just kind of tangled with everybody at some point. And you're talking, you know, again, a very powerful villain, one who just dominates everything dominates the the we you know we haven't gotten a great screen version of doom yet but you know he, you don't like trash bag man do what trash bag man from fam four stick <laughs> my favorite villain of all time but i really like doom but then you've got lex luther lex luther is like I heard somebody say one time that he's essentially a Bond villain before Bond, before Bond villains were a thing. Yeah. He's almost the prototype for a Bond villain. He is, and this is the problem I have with the way they keep doing him on, on screen. Like, they really haven't done Lex Luthor very well since back in the Christopher Reeves days. I mean, and even they then... They always cast him with kind of like a little... Kind of squirrely guy. The cat, but he's not. That's not what he is in the comics. He's this. He's this charismatic, charming guy who. He's, he's a. I mean, he's a politician's politician. He's the guy. I mean, you're talking about a guy that turned Superman into an enemy of the state. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you don't see a lot of. I'm not aware of Lex Luthor showing up a lot. In other, you know, being a villain for anyone, but he is the thorn in Superman's side. Mm -hmm. He never quite mm -hmm. bests him, but he sure comes close an awful lot. Yeah, Lex Luthor's another one where... Lex Luthor was actually the one that I had on my list last. I kind of forgot about Dr. Doom, and I think we're probably going to have to go to Twitter because I, I can't even decide between those two. But Lex Luthor is another one for me that came to mind instantly. He is the Superman villain. Mm -hmm. Superman does not have a great rogue. Superman has two great villains, which is um, which brings up one of my honorable mentions that we'll get to in a minute. But as for Lex Luthor, I mean, he, he kind of has become a DC villain, not really in the same way that like someone like Magneto or Doctor Doom would be a Marvel villain. Um, he's still primarily he is a thorn in Superman's side. But Lex Luthor's had some really interesting character development over the years. He's recently been a hero. He's another one of those characters that can really flip-flop back and forth between mm -hmm. being a hero and a villain. 
Especially, um, especially seeing he's a like, politician. <laughs> Isn't that what politicians do? It's literally. That's exactly it. Like, literally, he's a poli- that's the perfect description of him. Um, you know, he hates Superman, but and he, and he wants power more than anything. Um, but let's say that someone like, a, like, I don't know, let's say like a doomsday is attacking Earth and going to destroy Earth. Lex Luthor's the first one to grab the, to, to grab his mech suit and, and start and fight him off. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Lex Luthor sees himself as the hero. Right. Yeah. He really does. He thinks that Superman is a is a is a menace that it's a it's a it's an alien. And he's one of those. Now, there's always this thing where it's like the best heroes see them. I mean, the best villains see themselves as the hero. I don't necessarily agree with that because we have the Joker who does not see himself mm-hmm. as a hero. Like, so I don't necessarily always agree with that that statement. But it is the it, it is the case for Lex Luthor. He thinks he's the hero. He thinks he's the good guy, and um, not as complex as Magneto, where you can actually root for him. You can't root for Lex Luthor. But he can be a really interesting character. Probably the best interpretation of him is, in my opinion, the Superman, the animated series slash Justice League uh, cartoon shows. Uh, mm-hmm. is Clancy Brown. I don't know how much of that y'all have seen. Freaking excellent. He's one of my... Lex Luthor, in my opinion, is the main character of the um, DC animated universe. Because okay. his story just fluctuated so much. And I'd love to see a proper live-action version. I don't understand why DC can't... You know, I lo- DC's done some great things. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that make me just, like, <sighs> at them. And, it, and Lex Luthor's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, best live-action, is, in my opinion, is probably Michael Rosenbaum's and um, Smallville. It's very different. It's yeah. a very different interpretation. But I still really enjoy it. I really do. And he does slowly become that politician, that really evil guy. Um, but I think it's an interesting interpretation. He's at the beginning of Smallville. Lex Luthor is he's he's legitimately a pretty good guy. Um, and I think deep down on the inside, Lex Luthor can be, depending on the interpretation. Right. Um, mm-hmm. that's a, Lex Luthor is another one of those characters where there's a million interpretations. As for Doctor Doom, I mean, the perfect villain. Yeah, and I won't, I won't, I won't, I'll, 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 I'll shut my mouth a little bit and let someone else talk. But I just want to say, Doctor Doom is excellent. No, um, do, we awesome. need we need Doom in the MCU sooner rather than later. So badly, he could be the next. He's he could be the next Thanos. Yeah, he's he's really is on that level. Right. Anybody else think Thanos was like? Not that interesting when it came down to it. I didn't really care that much for Thanos. Like, he worked fine in the story, but he wasn't like, ooh, that's a compelling villain. I don't know. I 125,000% disagree with you. Really? I I do, too. Oh, okay. Infinity War? He's He's the main character of Infinity War. Yeah. I really do think that in the MCU, at least, Thanos thinks that he is the hero oh absolutely like he's doing the right thing and he, he does it does. so well yeah he definitely thinks that he's he solved this problem yeah and that's a, that's an always an interesting uh dynamic that you're talking about where the you know oftentimes people fighting for the wrong side believe they're the hero 
Yeah. And, and I mean, I think Hitler thought he was a good guy. <laughs> well, and, and, but not, I mean, even if you don't look at Hitler, but the, the countless people that, that fought, mm-hmm. you know, for their country, for Hitler, mm-hmm. well, you know, those people didn't think they were the villains. Yeah. Captain America said it best himself. They're just patriots on the wrong side. But it, it's interesting. I think what's interesting is when you do get a character who is like the Joker, who's just a villain. It's like Palpatine in Star Wars. It, it's it's like this villain who's firmly aware of what he is and mm-hmm. fully embraces it. Yeah. And sometimes those are, are the most, you know, sometimes those villains, it's just sometimes it's nice to just have the villain who's just a bad guy. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, we've, we're kind of in the, in film, we're kind of in the era of the sympathetic villain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, sometimes let's just like, let the villain be the villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dr. Doom's another one of those sympathetic, not necessarily sympathetic, but he's oftentimes can be viewed, viewed as a good guy. And he has been before he's, I mean, there have been many times where it's almost the, the rush, the relationship between him and the fantastic four is one of the best between a villain and a hero, because it's almost like he's, he really, he is an old friend. He's almost like, just like, he's the old college friend that you hate now. And you like, you know, you fight, but like, that's still your old pal. Right. You know, Dr. Doom is, I think, I think some, I don't remember exactly how, I don't, don't think it was like by, Reed and Sue's like will that this happened, but I think technically speaking, like officially, Doctor Doom is the godfather to the Richards children, to Sue and Reed's hmm. kids. Hmm. Um, they know him; they call him Uncle Doom. <laughs> um, and you know, it, it was a really, really interesting, interesting thing about Doctor Doom is if you actually this is a, this isn't the same for all interpretations, but my favorite ones is when you go to his country of Liberia. And the people there genuinely love him, hmm. not because he's brainwashed them, but because he's actually a really good leader. Right. I mean, I think Who really kind of the thing with Doom. You. Yeah. But he's really just kind of an egomaniac, right? He's an egomaniac. Um, he wants power. He wants revenge on Reed. Um, yeah, he is an egomaniac. He loves. Yeah. That's well, it's all about his and wants, you know how smart he is and. Um, right. And well, Doom's another one of those people who genuinely thinks that if he ruled the world, the world would be a better place. Him and uh, Dr. Horrible. <laughs> Anarchy that I run. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why Doom is driven by power to rule the world or whatever. Not only because he wants power, but because he, he genuinely believes if I was just in charge, everything would be so much better. There's a story, I forget what it's called, um, it's like Doom World or something like that, where Doctor Doom takes over the world because he like brainwashes all the superheroes and he ta- but not the not the civilians. That's the thing. Civilians were not brainwashed, it's the superheroes. Hmm. And Doom takes over the world and like solves all of the world's problems like in a week. Like no one's starving anymore. Um, pollution is at an all time low when he's in charge because he's genuinely a great leader. It's another cool thing about Dr. Doom. He literally is in charge of a whole country. So you know why they can't just arrest Doom? He literally has diplomatic immunity. Yeah, interesting. 
Yeah, so that's a really fun um, uh, dynamic as a villain uh, that Doctor Doom is. Robbie, did you have any thoughts on Lex Luthor or Doctor Doom? Um, I think, well, first off, it's weird that Lex Luthor was in Legion of Doom, but Doctor Doom wasn't. I mean, <laughs> that's that's not okay. Do you think that Lex Luthor, with his business savvy, went ahead and was like, well, this guy's going to be my competitor for good supervillain, and I'm, I'm trademarking Legion of Doom right now? I mean that seems like the most reasonable explanation. <laughs> right. I want to um, see that. I want to see because that. Because of your previous history, I'm gonna assume you know why Doctor <laughs> Doom wasn't in the Legion of Doom, <laughs> <laughs> and that you're just joking. Yes. <laughs> but I'm not sure. Yes, I'm just joking. I'm, I'm gonna um, need you to write the screenplay for this movie, though. Yes, it's still it's still in the works. Um, there in uh, my national treasure, my national treasure three. But we can talk about that later. That's a different <laughs> podcast. Um, it's like the so, social. The, is it the social network or what's the name of the movie about Facebook? Yeah. Oh, the yeah, the social network. He Winklevossed them. Um, <laughs> no, I. Uh, <laughs> so I think Doctor Doom is awesome. Like for like, who's the best superhero and who would be the the next um like awesome big bad like dr doom could be up there as like a hey let's let's make this like a big bad like a big recognizable big bad in in the um superhero film world um but if we're talking about recognizability then it, it has to be lex luther i mean once again someone who has stood the test of time who has multiple incarnations who is sometimes almost likable i mean um in smallville at least i know it, it was almost there but um is definitely to me the the one that stands out between the two i think they're both awesome but if, if we're if we're putting it down to who who would people look at and say oh yeah i know that person i think lex luther probably a, a lot more people would be aware of of lex luther just due to longevity um, and in so many different incarnations. Yeah, I'd have to say Lex Luthor is the right answer, but for the way that this is going, we already have Luthor and Doctor Doom as the like which one's going to fill that last slot. I I also have like another honorable mention. Okay, and who you got? I think I would assume that Robbie uh, and maybe Marisha have another one on their list that they might mention. So I feel like maybe we should throw out all of our contenders for that last spot. Well, um, and we could even, you know, what we could do what I'd be okay with is if we. This is just me spitballing. Um, if we had our three, I think we'd all agree on this a bit more. Our three as Joker, Magneto, and Luthor. And then had Goblin, Doctor Doom, and the other honorable mentions fight for that last spot. I'd be okay with yeah, that. I'd be down. With yeah. I, I was going to vote Lex Luthor as 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 the last one because, but yeah, I think um, Green Goblin is very, very, you know, very big in comic books and big in Spider Man, but not necessarily as sprawling, necessarily quite as recognizable. You know, if you had hadn't. It's not one that if you hadn't seen Spider-Man, you know, the, the first Spider-Man movie all those years ago, you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, Green Goblin. Mm -hmm. Lex Luthor, That's like, fair. I've never even seen, and y'all are going to kill me here, 
I don't think I've ever even actually seen the Christopher Reeves Superman movies. Oh, no. But um, <laughs> I know who Lex Luthor is. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's one of those inescapable names. So, so what other honorable mentions you guys got? I had a big debate in my head in, in, over whether or not to include Lex Luthor or Darkseid, the mm. other Superman villain. Right. Um, that's one of his only, like, good two. And then maybe, like doomsday but i'm not even gonna he's not on this list uh dark side is the epitome of pure wretched unsympathetic in any possible way unwavering evil he is by far the most evil name we've talked about today um dark side is might as well literally be the devil of the dc universe Hmm. Um, so Darkseid is, and, and, and I don't know how many people actually know about, know much about Darkseid. I would assume that like, he's, you know, well known enough. Um, he hasn't, I mean, he wasn't, he hasn't been in a movie yet. He's just been teased and we got a look of him. He's going to be in the Snyder cut. Um, and so then the, really the only interpretation of him has been in, um, the animated universe, which he was pretty much the main villain of the DC animated universe. Um, Darkseid is pure evil. Uh, he is a new god on the planet Apocalypse. He rules Apocalypse. And you know how, like, Doctor Doom, like, he's a ruler of that area, but, like, he actually treats people very well. No. Apocalypse is an absolute wretched place to be. It might as well... It's, 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 it's literally just supposed to be hell. The hell of DC Universe. And he rules it. Um... He's the most evil villain in DC, probably the most evil villain in, in, in comic books. He is, there's nothing sympathetic or redeeming about him. There really isn't. He, is a, he has a heart of pure stone. He's extremely powerful, probably the most powerful person we've talked about here today. Um, he has done, he's been a part and done some of the most heinous acts in all of DC. Um, been Superman's second arch nemesis, uh, right behind Lex Luthor. He's he's villainy to a T. I don't know how iconic he is, but when it comes to who is the most evil villain, Darkseid comes straight to my head, and I think he's well known enough to talk about him. He represents that side of evil. He represents that side of of villainy where it's just pure, wretched, horrid, god awful evil. I'll have to take your word for it. I'm not familiar with Dark Side. That's probably a reason that he shouldn't be on the list. Um, <laughs> in my head, I think of Dark Side. Like, I think everyone knows Dark Side, but I guess in reality, not really. No, we're we're different. All different kinds of nerds up in here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right. Um, Did Robbie have another? Yeah, Robbie. Do you have another one? Another contender? Uh, no, I actually didn't. I think that covered my list. I started making my list like thirty minutes before the podcast, and then I accidentally included like half of the people as um not super villains, and then realized what I was doing, and and that was pretty much um <laughs> that was it. Huh? Time time to start recording. Yep. <laughs> David, you didn't want to include uh, Stiltman. Stiltman's more of a personal one. Um, <laughs> if I was doing this like on just my own YouTube channel, Stiltman would be number one. Um, maybe Owlman right behind him. Um, 
Oh, that's a hard choice. Owlman or Stiltman? Stiltman's <laughs> my favorite villain. Uh, Robbie, just so you know, Stiltman is a daredevil villain whose power is he built really, really long stilts that he stands on. <laughs> so he's really tall. Perfect. <laughs> that's it. If I were to, uh, maybe I would throw out Thanos in, in actuality, just because he was he's now probably one of the most known villains uh, because of those, because of Infinity War, because of the MCU. I mean, he's been the main villain of the MCU. Um, in the comic books, not nearly as complex and interesting as he was in those movies, to really? be honest. Yeah, they've done a good in the job. Comic books, he pretty much just is evil. Right. They've done a good job kind of um, fleshing out one-dimensional characters in the MCU, I feel like. I agree. Oh, we got to put on Ben Kingsley's Ben Kingsley's Mandarin uh, on there. Yeah, we were, we watched. Uh, I think it'd be incomplete without him. Iron Man three recently, and it's, it's, he's pretty epic. Uh, <laughs> you know what I want to see again? This is kind of off topic. We're talking about villains. I desperately want to see Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer in the MCU again. Why? Yeah, why have they not brought Justin Hammer back? <laughs> I don't know. It's such a missed opportunity. Every single time, every single time that they're, you know, we talk about like every time there's there's a lawyer, it should be Matt Murdock. Right. Uh-huh. Every time there's ever like a, oh man, it's technology, but it's not Tony Stark's. It should be, it should be Hammer. Right. It should be Hammer Industries. God, yeah. I love Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer dancing out on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Trying his best to be Tony Stark. Yeah, that's pretty. Funny. Yeah, exactly. Just literally discount Tony Stark. <laughs> uh, he's, on the, he's on the Mount Rushmore villain. All right, Marisha, do you have any other real ones or <laughs> the real? He's looking at my list over here. Well, I had a dark horse contender. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Um, Bad horse, right? <laughs> From Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, he's like the head of the evil League of nice. Evil. Like, all the supervillains belong under the umbrella of the evil League of Evil. So, Bad Horse has to win, right? It's canon. You've got my vote. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you got Robbie's vote. You know, so we, of course, you got it. So, you know, I mean, like, a, a lot, of course, you have to have the bad horse, bad horse, bad horse. He's bad, right? <laughs> uh, David, have you ever watched that? No, but now I want to. You would love that. Oh you, my you really need to see that. Okay, so. Forget about everything else you're supposed to watch. Watch Dr. Horrible's sing-along <laughs> blog. If you if it is not right. free anywhere, we will buy it for you. Because you have got to All see right, this. Well, I guess we're not doing any X-Files reviews for a while. <coughs> it's like 40 it's a, minutes long. It's, yeah. Uh, okay. It's really short. Yeah. It is It's, it's literally so something that Joss Whedon, back during the writer's strike a few years back, 2007. Yeah. yeah, Joss Whedon got together with just a bunch of his friends. It's uh, Felicia Day and Nathan Fillion, Nathan Fillion oh. and uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. And oh my God. they just like made a musical. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you have to text me what that's called. Doctor Horrible's sing along blog. Got it. Yeah. Uh, and we it. will we will find it, and we will make sure that 
David gets to watch Dr. Horrible <laughs> because if you've never seen it, like it will be your new favorite thing. All right, maybe when we do the, this, the Mount Rushmore of villainy, not comic books, they can, it can be a contender alongside Dr. Evil. <laughs> Perfect. All right. But no, I think that, that I think we pretty much covered everybody on my list. Yeah, so um, I guess we're gonna gonna go to Twitter with that. Um, so we'll have our answer next week. Okay, so we'll have so to clarify, our Twitter contenders are Green Goblin, right? Green Goblin, yeah. Dark Side, Doctor Doom. Okay, Doctor Doom. Doctor any Doom. Uh, any other runners we want to put on that list, though? I mean, I feel Anybody like the Riddler Thanos? could could. I mean, of the ones named, I'd say Thanos. Yeah, we could say Thanos. Give it a good four. The Riddler is a great villain, but I feel like with Joker on the list, we kind of have that. Yeah, that Batman, which is the kind of the reason I didn't bring it up, is because he's a little redundant. Right, but now, like, I love the Riddler. I really do. Can't wait to see him in the Batman. It's gonna be great. Oh wait, we need Tom Hardy's brain. Bane. Bane. <laughs> I was born in it. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, Marisha, where can people find you? You can find me on my website, princessesandpadawans.com. I am princesses underscore and underscore padawans on Instagram because it looks good, not because it's easy to say or rolls off the tongue, clearly. And I am P Padawans on Twitter. All right, David. You guys can find me on Instagram at stay underscore uh, creative DD. And you can find me on Twitter at I totally forgot that I changed my Twitter handle. So let me go find out what that actually is now <laughs> at David underscore JG peoples and on my YouTube channel, creative D and D. Awesome. All right. And Robbie, I know people can't find you online, but uh, hopefully you'll uh, be back with us. Um, coming up. Well, he has an Instagram. Don't you have an Instagram? I think he's uh that is a that is a private Instagram. Uh, <laughs> only for people who oh, like you and you like them. Friend, friend, friends and friends and family only. Okay. Uh, sorry, fans. Maybe we can be <laughs> friends. Um, I know I have a lot of fans out there, so yes. you know maybe I'll, I'll make a fan account. Yes. Um, yeah, and I have a feeling that I will. Uh, I will probably be on the next episode. So awesome. awesome. All well, right, we're always around. You know how to find us. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Andrew Gore. You can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Psy underscore Fictionary. You can find me on our other show, Coruscant Radio Underground, where we talk Star Wars every week. You can drop us a line at thesciencefictionary at gmail.com or find us at thesciencefictionary.com. You can also find us, as well as the rest of the Red 5 podcast family, at red5network.com and at red5network on Twitter. And until next time, may the Force be with you. 